The following The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode. Did his job. This is insane how great they are. Well, I think the authors of Pain are young prodigies. That's how good we are. Representing Bullet Club. This is what we do. Super Kid Party! Hey everyone, I just wanted to check in once again. That's right, this is Gary, still in the Caribbean, enjoying a great vacation. I am in a spa right now. I decided Hell in a Cell is coming up, and I needed to get a little stress-free. And at the same time, I figured I might as well give you guys my predictions for this pay-per-view. So let's do it. Rusev, I think, is going to take the victory. Well, I'll be honest with you. The only reason is because the lady gave me the massage, I think, is Bulgarian. And I, I want to keep my spinal cord. So, I'll, yeah. Rusev, yeah. This massage is going to be glorious. So I'm going to go Bobby Roode. Yeah, over Dolph Ziggler. And sometimes you got to go and trust the good old American way. And AJ Styles is that way. So we'll choose him to retain that U.S. title. Woo! Yeah, having a nice time here. And I still think that Charlotte will have a nice time at Hell in a Cell because I think that she will grab that title away from Natalya. It is going to be a new day, uh, and the new day themselves will probably have an enjoyable one for them because I think they'll retain their tag titles. Kevin Owens in a cell with Shane McMahon could go either way, but I'm going to go with the great old Canadian Kevin Owens. I think Jinder Mahal is going to continue being your WWE champion. That may be more disappointing than anything else, but here we are. And I'll catch up with you guys next week. Have a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the max. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Hello and welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 267, part 2. And we have quite a show for you today. Is you know, we have that WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view mm-hmm. preview. We also have a New Japan show preview as well. First time Paul and I get to talk about New Japan together in a while, so that's awesome. And, you know, you just heard from Gary in the spa. I'm sure some of you might have felt some weird tingly feelings. 
Uh, I know I we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like maybe I need to start, you know, we need to reconsider how we do these uh, preview previews now, you know, maybe we need to do them in the sauna too. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, le- thankfully we'll have a, he will, he will be here for the Hell in a Cell uh, review show that we'll do on Sunday. So, you know, and maybe uh, he'll, he'll, he'll teach us how to, how to do the review from there uh, for that. And, you know, as long as everything goes well, we'll get to hear his stories from the cruise and everything else. But in Gary's stead, we will preview both of those shows. And, of course, the New Japan show is on Monday morning. So on the Monday show, we'll have the review of that. And, of course, we also have reviews of the second part of Ultima Lucha 3. And that Impact Wrestling uh, as well to go along with a Superstar of the Week, Superstar of the Month. And the match of the month as well. And all the good stuff we usually do. So, Paul, I mean, how are you uh, feeling on this evening? It sounds busy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is sort of, I guess, par for the course for Thursday. Because Thursdays, for like the last two months, have always felt way busier than Mondays do. So, I don't know. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be shorter since we don't have to worry about, you know, trying to work Gary in. But, uh, yeah. we, you know, it, it, it'll certainly be, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll be more or less PG rated. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so Gary usually does keep it on the uh, rated R section normally. So uh, it might stray more towards the PG-13, but we'll see. We'll see. With- we'll see. With all of the uh, crimson that some people spewed on Lucha Underground, it might work out in uh, the other way. But let's begin things here with Quick Hits in the News. It's time for Wrestling News. Quick Hits. Well, we will. Uh, this is probably the first time in a long time that we don't have any actual, just straight up WWE news on on the quick hits here. If my doc will decide to stop freezing, uh, but <laughs> yes, we do. You know, Gary kind of made us feel weird feelings, but we're gonna feel kind of weird and sad at uh, the passing of a true legend. One that I'm sure Jerry the King Lawler is feeling very uh, deeply at this moment as well, too. Uh, Memphis Wrestling announcer Lance Russell has passed at the age of 91 after suffering a broken hip over the weekend. Unfortunately, when you get older, you become rather brittle, and any time that you fall or anything like that is a usually of grave consequence. And the even sadder thing is that also uh, his daughter passed during the same weekend from cancer. So for that family, it's it's got to be just absolutely heart-wrenching right now. Our condolences go out to them. But Paul, just Lance Russell, quite a career for himself. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, worked in the Memphis area from the, the late 50s all the way to the mid-90s. 
Yeah, probably best known for Continental Wrestling Association, although the Mid-Atlantic area, uh, the NWA promotion that was there, he also worked for them before the split. Uh, one of the guys who I unfortunately haven't had uh, the privilege to listen to, but uh, if you've seen anything from uh, the Andy Kaufman era where they had that big feud with, with King, he's the guy calling the stuff uh, as far as what's going on in the ring. So uh, just just a, a legendary figure, somebody who uh, JR has a, an immense amount of respect for, too, and a lot of people uh, ha- do as well. He's in like four or five different Hall of Fames all across wrestling. Like The dude had people's respect and... and 40 year career essentially um just 91 is a good long time but it sure does suck to lose it just because you fell over i I, that i I can't think of a well i could think of a sadder way to go but that's just really depressing that you know you fall and suddenly it's over yeah uh and you know this is he outlived his wife who passed uh three years ago as Mm -hmm. well he's married to her for 67 years i mean that is that is an accomplishment oh. right there mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to be with somebody for that long. Uh, and, you know, you're speaking of JR, he, he did uh, get to make his debut in WCW uh, on a NWA Worldwide, uh, you know, Worldwide episode with JR. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. It's cool that his life kind of got to go full circle. He ended it uh, with uh, Smoky Mountain as well. And it's just, yeah, this guy, seriously, as far as Southern wrestling goes, he is a legend. And I uh, just feel bad for his family right now. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, hopefully, I- I'm sure that at some point WWE will be inducting him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's I don't just, see why you wouldn't at this point, especially if they ever get the Memphis stuff up and running on the network. I hope so. It'd be nice to watch that. Like, there's so many stories I've heard of people saying, "Oh, this was great from Memphis." Like, uh, so many storylines that they had. Like, mm-hmm. just, come on, King and whoever else. Like, let's get this together and on the network. Yeah, let's make it happen. They do keep adding world class stuff on the network, so that's that's positive as well. But mm-hmm. that's we have to move on from. Sadness to brighter things here, and uh, perhaps brighter things for Lucha Underground, maybe, depends, because if uh, you take away some of that production value, how what does that do to Lucha Underground? But they might have found funding for Season 4. I feel like we already talked about this, and they go back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this funding source is apparently going to be way less than what they've been paying for each episode, which I'm assuming would also uh, perhaps maybe affect contracts and whatever. Mm -hmm. And also the wrestlers are still wanting to get out of contracts. And I'm assuming when you're putting less money into the product itself, that's not going to be a great thing to hear from the wrestler side of things. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, you watch this, I mean, this is the first time that I've I've watched it in a while for Ultima Lucha, and obviously production values is very important to this show. Mm-hmm. We have so many wrestling shows out there. Once you kind of take that away, that kind of makes it become just like any indie out there, right? 
You know, I'm trying to really figure the only thing that you really have a lot of production value in is is the backstage segments, I would assume. Uh, whenever they go to the weightlifting room or to the bathroom, as is their favorite place to shoot stuff or, or wherever else, uh, <laughs> you, you don't really have, I think, what you had even in season one, which had all those video packages and you had uh, so much more like sort of big stuff happening, lots of effects. Uh, and you don't that's that's not present in, in season two or three. Uh, so unless it just sort of trims down even more to where they're basically just doing everything in the ring. I'm curious to see how, what else it would affect. Uh, j- just because I, I'm not super familiar with the side of the business, but the the contract thing I think is probably the more important deal. Like how much you're going to have to pay these guys, how many of these people actually want out, how many are going to, you know, I guess sort of try to finagle their way out because we know Ricochet is basically done after this season. Uh, uh, that that's sort of I guess where my mind's going. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Because I think a lot of what makes Lucha Underground uh, just as important as the production values is, is the talent. And uh, if enough of them go, it's not really going to feel the same. And I don't know how it's going to affect the the long term you know story of what they're trying to tell here with the promotion. Yeah, certainly uh, you're going to have shoes to fill. I mean, Prince Puma. Seems mm-hmm. like they gave him a nice out from the looks of it, or you know, pretty much. I think we can all kind of tell what's what's going to happen in a couple weeks. But uh, you know, sexy star, I'd imagine is that's going to be difficult to bring her back after all the. If she's done with AAA, that means she's done with Lucha Underground. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, we've already started to see Johnny Mundo on GFW and Impact. I mean, I know he does have. Uh, a great big deal to do in, in AAA as well. So perhaps he sticks around, but like you said, it's, it's important to know how many of these, these talents are going to go away. And, you know, I'm sure ring of honor could use some folks after they keep losing people. And mm-hmm. uh, now we, I mean, you have to imagine at some point there's a limit on to, how many you can add to the NXT roster, but you know that they're going to be watching it closely as well. And New mm-hmm. Japan too. So, uh, and, and whoever gets signed the new, you know, ROH, they, they can also be used in new Japan. So, um, it's, yeah, it, it's going to be one of those of whenever this does finally get set and they go, okay, we have a season four who's sticking around who can actually get out of their contract because, you know, some of these people did sign seven year deals and mm-hmm. I guess the new people would have to figure out if they want to continue honoring those or, or what, you know, cause that, that, I don't know who is actually winds up being in charge for that. You know, if it's the production mm-hmm. people or if it's others, but yeah, I mean how much, I wonder how much input does Robert Rodriguez still have in this and, how much of that, those backs, because for me, like when I watch it, you know, the wrestling is great. Um, you're always at least guaranteed one uh, pretty good match a show for the mm-hmm. most part. As it's for me, it is watching sort of those backstage vignettes of and, and also just how they move the story along, you know, because it's yeah. sort of more like a novella than than even, you know, other wrestling companies are so. 
if they take away that too much, you know, that does make it lose some of its essence, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something very important to keep in mind too. I, I'd almost be kind of curious if they do go this route, just to, just to see what happens, right? Just see what this, this new Lucha underground would be like. Do they have to move to a smaller arena? Do they have Mm -hmm. to, you know, is it is it going to be even more dingy somehow? Like, are they going to work it into the story? Like, this could all sort of have different ramifications and and some good, some bad. But I I still want to see the place keep going personally, even if it is sort of a shell. Just some way to to get some finality would be really nice. Yeah, exactly. If if you say, okay, look, we're going to slim the production down. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's a final word on the ratings that they were down from last time or not. Obviously, they mm-hmm. had the big break in the middle, which didn't help them at all. And, you know, it's that's a it, will they say, OK, look, we're going to do this, but it's the final year. Mm-hmm. And at least you get a closure to everything instead of, oh, well, it's all hanging in the balance again. Let's see what happens. And and we don't know. Right. All that matters, though, is you better have Dario Cueto still there because that will really change the show around. Yeah, that will <laughs> be a big change. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of making big changes, something I think many of us thought we'd never see in a WWE-produced television show, War Games, is happening for NXT TakeOver Houston which I think you were planning to still go to all those shows, right? Uh, I'm certainly going to take over now. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) I might want to make sure that uh, you get ready whenever those tickets go on sale because that's going to be a hot item now. They're going to go super quick, I bet. But did did it get colder over where you're talking about right now? I I feel like it got colder. Yeah. I I feel like I might be feeling some... A bit of uh, a bit of ice between underneath my feet here because, like, what's goes is, is it, well if there really is a inferno beneath us, it's it's much much smaller at this point. Yes. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, look, I I think we all talked about this at one point. Like, if it ever happened, it would be Triple H that brings it back because you know Vince mm-hmm. wouldn't do this. It, it does sort of make sense in the NXT setting, right? Like you're you're honoring Dusty Rhodes. Now I wonder if you know Ric Flair would make an appearance, or you know Arn Anderson's around doing producing stuff for WWE still. So you know it would be cool to kind of have the legends around to kind of usher this in. Mm-hmm. And and who are they? Uh, I'm assuming it would involve the the Cole and. O'Reilly and and Fish contingent against somebody, but I'm just glad this is happening. This is awesome. Yeah the uh, the match is going to be the Undisputed Era, which is Cole and and Red Dragon against uh, Sanity, and uh, they're going to do a three team set. So the third team is the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Uh, well, wow. this yeah, it's all coming out of the tapings. So uh, that that's technically a spoiler. I probably should have warned before I started getting into naming stuff. But uh, I'm really excited. War Games was one of my favorite things from WCW. 
kind of sad Gary's not here because he'd probably be freaking out right now. But yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is really really cool. I mean, it, it sort of makes this event must see. The thing I'm wondering though, like this had like an order for a cage big enough to fit two rings had to go by by Vince's desk, right? Did he just like just sign his name? Oh, it's got Triple H's name on it. I'll just sign that and pass it back to him. You know, I mean, <laughs> no, I, maybe he just. Triple H just convinced him, and he's like, well, it's not on WWE, you know, main TV, so I don't care. And and maybe Triple H said, look, if this works out, maybe you could do it on the main show or or anything. I mean, this is the first, this is one of the first, like, true, like, original things that we're getting to see NXT do that's not taking from something you're used to seeing a lot on WWE TV. Uh, and and credit to them for the most part for yes they've taken some of the gimmicks but they don't just take everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, whereas like this is this is one of those times where you go man hats off to you you're bringing something back that a lot of people thought they'd never see again and that's amazing I think this is gonna make everybody want to watch that show right uh, not not that you want to miss a takeover at this point because somehow. Doesn't matter who's on the freaking card; they they somehow continue to equal or surpass the the ones before them. Mm-hmm. But got a lot to live up to as far as you know the history of what this match is and and everything else. Yeah, I mean, and the participants I just named too, I think, are more than up to the task uh, of really putting on something memorable for sure. It's just you know, there there's such a history, there's such a long list of great war games matches um which are all out there on the network for you to watch if you want to uh to go see them there's a whole collection geared strictly towards war games so uh this is definitely something really really cool and uh i'm super excited to uh hopefully have the opportunity to go (laughs) well yeah we'll be glad to hear that you're there and get a full like report from the show so Mm -hmm. i imagine it's gonna be even more awesome just being there watching it uh, hopefully they let them go all out, you know, still WWE mm-hmm. TV would be cool to see some crimson going on, you know, make you think they those. make the, the show longer at all to, to make up because war game matches ain't short, you know, <laughs> perhaps they have a little less matches. Mm. Uh, that could be a thing. Hey, you know what? It, we have seen them toe that line sometimes between 30 minutes over and. 45 so if they went a full three hours i guess for one time wouldn't be that Mm -hmm. bad yeah very true i'm I'm just glad they're doing this so this is a a awesome thing to look forward to how they do the story going forward Mm -hmm. we will get to cherish that moment get hyped get hyped for sure thankfully no uh no hype no mojo yeah Uh, so, you know, we've talked about this uh, Flow Slam, Flow Sports uh, lawsuit going on with WWN. Of course, they're the parent company of Evolve. And right now, WWN has not been officially served, so there's nothing going on. WWN also has their reasons why they want to sue Flow Slam as well. So this is just going to be that ongoing saga that until... You got served happens, okay, (laughs) that uh, 
you will we'll see any movement in this. But even then, like they gotta go back and forth. They gotta have preliminary hearings, all that. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna be something that's gonna take a while. Yeah, this are, just right here just sounds like it's going to take forever to figure out if it ever does get settled inside a courtroom, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, just I want to put this on here so people would be prepared to probably hear us talk about this until 2020. So. <laughs> uh, thankfully, we will not be the only ones talking about it. So you can decide if you've tired of it by the time. By the time we get there, and maybe we just won't talk about it one week or something. But yeah, I, the good thing is usually there's these things are set, you know, way ahead of time. So there'll be this like quiet storm for a while, and then finally, whenever they go to courts, when stuff will start happening. But I'm sure there'll be dirty laundry that gets aired. Oh yeah, between there and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of evolve, they did dub their next couple of shows the end uh which made people think that oh my god does this mean that they're folding or whatever no it's not it's just uh you know evolve playing with your head because they know they can and it probably has to tie into storylines and stuff like that but i mean what do you what did you think about it when you saw it we got worked that's uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened because I was like, oh, because you know Gabe had that stand at NXT for a little while. I'm like, maybe he really enjoyed that. Wants to go do that, or you know, all this other stuff that's going on with with him just outside of the lawsuits, and maybe it was the end. You know, maybe they were gonna close it down, but here we are. You know, they're still gonna be here. Um, we just all got worked, and uh, I'm kind of okay with it. It's okay to get worked every now and then. Yeah. Keeps things keeps things fresh in your fan. Keeps you on if, toes. If nothing ever works you, then you're just way uh, way too inside baseball at that yeah. point. It's not that much fun. Uh, the it, the thing for me, I think, is also that it benefits WWE a lot for Evolve to be around. So mm-hmm. I don't think that they would want Gabe to close up shop. Unless Gabe just didn't want to do it anymore, then at that point that's different. But even then, I think that they would want him to hand the reins off to somebody else because having that evolved name where WWE is not attached to it allows them to see talent and then decide if they want to sign them from there. Or you can have people that are signed to other companies show Mm -hmm. up in Evolve, and you can get that first-hand look at guys that go, hmm, going to keep tabs on him, going to keep tabs on him to see when these contracts end and see if we can, you know, get some feelers out there and, and sign them or whatever. So it's a mutually beneficial thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's totally mm-hmm. understandable that we all get worked because of the lawsuit thing and, and everything else. Right. And news that... I don't know how many people are going to care about this, but Eddie Kingston has left Impact Wrestling. I'm sure there will be more people leaving Impact Wrestling as they figure out what they want to do with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I think the tally of people they've released in the last month is about 8 to 10 now, uh, including both you know wrestlers and commentators and all that good stuff. So uh, I, I kind of am a little saddened by this. I, I'm a huge fan of Eddie Kingston. I've got to see a lot of his work from Chikara. He's wonderful there. Um, he, he's he works AEW a lot too. He's really good over there as well. But 
I, I think they're sort of missing out on a guy who might have been able to be a little something more than just fodder, but say la vie, right? Uh, tomorrow's another day for Eddie Kingston. Maybe he gets signed with somebody, you know? Maybe so. I mean, he did have tryouts with the WWE, so. Yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor could work for him, too. So, mm. it's there. Evolve, maybe. Yeah, know. yeah. But, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for the news on uh, this show. Like I said, we'll be back on Sunday doing that uh, that Hell in a Cell show. And then Monday, we'll have our regular show with more news. So, won't be too long. But, speaking of Hell in a Cell... Let's do our predictions for that show. You know, Harry did his with his new co-host, uh, Liz Puglisi, on SmackDown. Gary did his before the show. Now, we got we to gotta give you ours. So, here you go, folks. Pretty good band there, that Airborne, as they certainly are hoping that we were not experiencing hell watching this show. <laughs> uh, if uh, if the previous pay-per-view is anything to go by. Uh, but yes, let, let's hope for better things uh, for Hell in a Cell. And they, and they have a nice card that you'd expect some, some good things to be happening. So let's... Let's give positive WWE. Good things. Good things. Uh, so they just added this pre-show after the Tuesday SmackDown. Gable and Benjamin taking on the Hype Bros. This feels like let's give Gable and Benjamin a win. And let's just absolutely let's just destroy the Hype Bros after this. It's the last straw. I mean, the, the Hype Bros do seem to be going for Splitsville. Uh, which is fine, uh, just because you know, I think WWE has plans for Mojo, and as much as I love Zach, I uh, I don't think they're ever going to do anything with him again. But you know that some you know WrestleMania came out of nowhere, so who knows? But yeah, this is totally a win for Gable and Benjamin as they look to be the next team being sort of groomed up to uh to challenge for the tag titles, unless uh the uh, Fashion Files actually turns out to, to be something big to push those guys upwards towards a, a title match again. Would be interesting to, to see that happen. I just, I think certainly as this is Gable and Benjamin mm-hmm. uh, thing to win. I'll, it looks like we're going towards heel mojo. So I, I'm sort of interested in that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I imagine he can't be too hyped when he's supposed to be angry and whatever but i guess you can be angry hive too i don't don't know how that's gonna work but (laughs) we've seen him too high seen him as a singles guy Mm -hmm. he does pretty decently so i don't know i i've liked him more as a singles than as a tag guy I I like the the hype bros uh in nxt and it just it never really got a chance to translate to smackdown because you know Ryder got hurt really whenever they uh they were trying to build them up so that uh as unfortunate it is for mojo he found better things afterwards and i think wwe wants to run with it don't blame them for that but it just keeps going with the theme of 
NFT tag teams that get ruined on the main roster. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of ruining, they're going to ruin my life for about 10 minutes, probably. Randy Orton and Rusev going at it still, my lord. Uh, these guys have quick wins over each other, and for some reason we got to have this at a pay-per-view. And does Rusev really have a chance? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I don't think so. This is uh, this is all Randy. <laughs> all Randy, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a quick victory too, just to not have us have to watch it very long. A whole thirty seconds, maybe this go yeah. around. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's for Rusev. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler is loving trolling the fans, and you know. Apparently, he gets more time the more that everybody complains. And you have the glorious Bobby Roode. I would imagine that Bobby Roode is here to put him down another peg. You know, this this could be a good match. I mean, when Ziggler is interested, he will have a good match. And uh, this sort of works to that sort of old NWA Bobby Roode style of you have the face that people can get behind. Uh, This is weird because it's like Ziggler is that guy when he wrestles that you're supposed to get behind him. Mm -hmm. Roode, the way he wrestles, it's like it's hard to get behind him because he's very slow, methodical, and whatever. So depending on what they do here, this could be good or this might drag. I don't wager they're going to get a lot of time. Uh, if this goes north of that 10-minute mark, I, I might be a bit more surprised uh, than I would be. But th- you're, this is here for Bobby to get a win. As much as I'd really like to see them go at it for, for a long period of time, you're right. Like The whole dynamic is off here. I don't think they really want to expose that too much. So, Yeah, plus they got to leave time for the, the bigger matches later. So Yeah. I'd imagine if this gets 10 minutes, we'll be lucky. And then you have your women's championship match, which this has got to continue because they're promoting it all the way to the Starcade. We don't know if it's going to be on the network event. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I guess why not? It's It's a feud that's worked before. Let's keep doing it. I'd imagine because of that event being called that, you'd think that maybe you'd have Natalia still win and have Charlotte win it there. But with Flair possibly making an appearance and everything, I'd imagine Charlotte wins. I really want to go with Charlotte here too. And if... Starcade was going to be on the network, then I would be saying Natalia here in a heartbeat. But because I mean, it it makes so much sense to go into North Carolina into Starcade and have Charlotte challenge in the cage and, and get the big win mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, I still don't know. Even if it is just a glorified super big house show, do they really want to take away that luster from that show or or anything like that? And that's what makes this kind of hard. I, I don't wager. I mean, they could it's also be... have Natalia win it back on SmackDown or something like that too. That's true. I I think I don't think this is going to be clean at all. But I think Natty walks out with the belt. 
wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens uh, as well. But the way they have been about women's titles recently just makes mm-hmm. me think that they could do so many things. I'm going to go with Charlotte and hope that I'm wrong and we do the more logical thing. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Thought be in logic a lot of times don't yeah. always go together. <laughs> they don't get along sometimes. You're right. <laughs> and we have the first Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this opens the show, too, because normally when you have these gimmick matches, they don't have them go too close to each other. Mm-hmm. So the New Day defending against the Usos in the Hell in a Cell. <sighs> I hope that there's some crazy spots, some brutal stuff. These two have been delivering in their matches every time. Uh, I'd expect nothing less here. I think New Day are going to retain. I think New Day retain too, and I would be lying if I'm not saying uh, if I if I wasn't saying that this is the entire reason I'm basically watching this show. Like these two teams have been on fire. That street fight was incredible. They're just so great together. I think you're going to get more of that same magic here. And honest to God, I I hope this gets 30 minutes. I really do. I know it won't, but I I really hope they get just tons and tons of time to go out there and just show you why you should be watching them. Honestly, they should, considering the other two matches that are left before you get to the other Hell in a Cell match. Don't make me feel like I need to watch them for a long time. Uh, So... (laughs) Please be intelligent and give the people that give the teams that have been working their butts off time to deliver. And they have a history. They they have matches to go off of. I mean, please, just please, because there's nothing that's going to happen in this gender and Shinsuke Nakamura WWE title match that's going to be just awe-inspiring. All right, I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, that, this is another one where you could, even though Nakamura has not, really no tangible connection to North Carolina at all, you could save his first championship win for that show if you wanted to and have Jinder retain here uh, just to, to keep his I'm still carrying the title for this length of time going on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say gender just because they've carried it this long. Why not for some more time? <laughs> I just, I'm just not looking for this match. <laughs> you think that's what happens every time they look at gender running around with the world title in the SmackDown's writer room? Like, uh, he's, we've gone this far. Why not? Why not another month? Yeah, Why not another I, month? <laughs> like Road Dogg is like, eh. You know, it's could be worse. What do we got, right? do we got to lose? <laughs> I mean, it's been kind of middling since he's been champion. It could be middling for another month, right? So, oh, God, <laughs> I really hope not. I want Shinsuke to win. It's time to to move on and try something else. And I I, I think Shinsuke with the championship might actually give us a you know it gives you a reason to book him less and might give him a reason to want to wrestle better matches um just because you know he's he's got I mean, he's got to that point where he wants to be opponents, be that too. too that that's very true if this goes more than 10 minutes again too i'd, I'd be shocked i really would oh, please don't please don't it could this. it could sean this could be 15 minutes for some god awful oh, reason <laughs> God! don't say that don't say that 
Uh, look, AJ Styles is a wonder man. Uh, we love him, but Baron Corbin is, well, he's Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this match will probably be better than it should be because AJ is in it, but AJ is going to retain. I feel he's going to keep this, uh, you know, the, the United States open challenge thing going. Baron Corbin will probably still keep screwing people over like he does, um, but I think AJ wins in the end. I think AJ wins here too, but I think it's because we're going to get some Ty Dillinger involved here to sort of mess up Baron uh, and maybe push the feud that direction so AJ can go work with somebody else, maybe like a Sami Zayn or, or something uh, down the line with this U.S. title open challenge. So I, I'm really hopeful that th- that's going to happen. I, I very much doubt it, but I think you're right. Either way, AJ is walking out with the belt. That'd be nice. Please let Ty Dillinger have a feud mm-hmm. on this show. That'd be so nice. I agree entirely. The dude deserves it. Come on now. Mm. He is giving you tens everywhere. Please <laughs> give him a chance to <laughs> give you a ten in a match that matters. Uh, so we get to, I'm assuming this is probably going to be the main event because it's a Hell in a Cell match and it's a McMahon. and. Mm-hmm. One in one of the corners, so uh, it, it's going to be a main draw. It's been one of the main draws of SmackDown, but Shane McMahon is is not winning. He didn't beat the Undertaker somehow. Still a GM. Uh, so yes, I still remember that uh, WWE. Even though you would like to make us forget that you screwed up that entire storyline, but Kevin Owens, do you think we see a Vince sighting? You know, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Vince. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Triple H here either. Um, and that's cool. somehow, yeah, to to sort of shudder that over. Maybe it's going to be KO and Triple H at Mania or something like that. And that gets Shane the victory here. I, I think that would be really interesting. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm going to hedge my bets too and say Kevin Owens wins. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I, they've done a very good job of building this up and, uh, Shane is willing to basically put himself as close to death as humanly possible. And Kevin Owens is, uh, much the same if you've ever seen him in a hardcore environment. So, <laughs> yeah, this could be one of those, like a match that we're not like having way too many expectations for, and it just absolutely delivers. So let's, mm-hmm. let's hope that that's the case. Uh, hope, you know, Sounds if familiar. Shane's going to have his kids out there. I wouldn't be shocked. Watch, wouldn't watching, be shocked at all. You know, you're like, hey, you're solving the other hell in a cell. Watch me jump off and almost die again. Again, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Kevin Owens do some bad mouth on him, too. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> Go home. Do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be here. <laughs> Why are you here? My kid's not here. What are you like? <laughs> uh, my, t- my kid's too good for this show now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's your WWE Hell in a Cell 2017 happening on Sunday night. Of course, you will have uh, two reviews as per normal. Harry and Patrick will have the Wrestling and Wrath reacts. And then, of course, the three of us will, will have our W10 reviews. So look for those on Sunday night. And now we're going to go into the second part of Ultima Lucha 3. That had uh, quite a bit of sangre 
happening. Uh, if you understand Spanish, if you don't, that's blood for you. Uh, there's there's plenty of that. So if you like the bleeding, you need to go watch the show. <laughs> but we'll talk about it here because I, I don't have the... I still keep forgetting to get the Lucha Underground draw. But, hey, we started off with some light fare because, mm-hmm. hey, it's it's their WrestleMania. Why not have a bout of oil, too? And, and you get to involve some of the the lesser talent and that is the case here for this one and you get the big return of Pimpinela Escarlata the the exotico kissing people in the crowd and making Matt Stryker wet himself anticipation for a kiss of his own you know because <laughs> he he was really into uh Pimpinela coming back but uh you've also got uh Paul London in this match, Saltador, Mala Suerte, Argenis, Cortez Castro, Son of Madness, Vinny Massaro, who you can talk to him on uh, Twitter. He's a he's a great uh, follow, that man. Uh, the Mac, uh, Joey Ryan, Ricky Mundo. Uh, yes, it is a Johnny Mundo impersonator, PJ Black, Mascarita Sagrada, all brawling. This took about four minutes. The match was really just, you know, it's a battle royal, so... <laughs> Uh, the Mac wins because the dude just wins every freaking opportunity most of the time. And why not? He's great. And Dario Cueto, of course. These are never just straightforward opportunities. Of course. Uh, he lets the Mac know that the two guys that basically almost died in the previous, uh, the, the part one that you really need to go watch this match, and we'll tell you why at the end of this show, at the end of this entire show, uh, Killshot and uh, Dante Fox, those will be his partners. Oh, wow. Wow. That guy Dario is a real dick, huh? Uh. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't know by now, you know yeah. again. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's all basically uh, an angle wrapped up around a battle royal that's there to quickly do its job. Let the Mac get uh, a notable win and sort of move on to to the next thing, mm-hmm. which will be a trios title match. So that, that should be super fun. Uh, I also really want to quick want to talk about that that first egging goal too, where you have Ivelisse and Jeremiah Crane arguing backstage, and Crane finally tells Ivelisse that he's in love with Katrina, so she super kicks him straight into a toilet. Might be the best moment of 2017 I've seen all year. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, that was great moment, and yeah, then we get into the bloody parts of the show, one after the other. Katrina having her first match in three years on this show, mm-hmm. and I think they had to live up to the character, because she does have wrestling training. She was in NXT before it became uh, the NXT we know now, so you'd imagine she she learned some moves here. Uh, but obviously being a manager, valet sort of thing, they had to stay true to that. And she understood that very well. So uh, get uh, gets called a bitch, not, you know, not just by uh, Mr. Jeremiah Crane or mm-hmm. yeah. uh, at the beginning, which that is the... They they make the, uh, you know, normally I'm not a big fan of the intergender stuff, but that totally works in that setting. They do at the beginning of the show. And then 
course, they play that off here uh, on this <laughs> because of him saying that that uh, Crane is in love with Katrina. Uh, Katrina goes into Dario's office and grabs beer bottles and smashes them. And when I say smashes, I mean if uh, there was a way to cave somebody's head in, she did it because she hit her like three times with bottles. Uh, Ivelisse now has red hair, so it's it was a little bit hard to tell at first because the hair was down, but when she puts the hair back, you can see the blood just there all over her. Crazy and immediately, amount. Immediately, you knew this was not going to be your typical brawl. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, you know, Katrina tries to get the the stone involved. Uh, Ivelisse comes back uh, and and eventually gets the win, actually kicking out of uh, Katrina's big finisher, that double hook DDT thing. And Ivelisse whacks Katrina with a stone, hits a DDT on her own. And uh, that's it, but geez. Crazy, crazy from Ivelisse. She... Well-deserved win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, uh, for a match that was made way back at the beginning of Season 3, and I'm sure a lot of people probably forgot uh, all about because Ivelisse got hurt during the filming of this season and uh, couldn't be around and all this other stuff, uh, I think they did a very good job of making sure that you're going to remember this match going forward because they bleed a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> the uh, They brawl all over the crowd. Uh, you have the stone thing and all that getting involved here. This this was a really, really fun match. Uh, maybe a little shorter than I would have cared for, but I think it, it got the job done very nicely for the time that it filled. Yeah, it only went about six minutes, but yeah, they really did fill that time well, and they played up a lot of the storyline parts of Katrina thinking that she's got this in the bag, very being very overconfident. Mm-hmm. And then Ivelisse coming back and in a crimson mask winning. And then, of course, it wouldn't be all, you know, great things for Ivelisse because Crane lived up to it, you know, what he was saying. He comes in and attacks Ivelisse right around where her ankle is with a hammer trying to injure her again, allowing Katrina to go back and take the stone. Mm-hmm. And then leave. So, I guess that's there for if they continue it at all during the rest of his Ultima Lucha, or something we got to figure out for next season. But interesting. Yeah, I mean, we still have the the triple threat to come on Ultima Lucha with uh, Mil Muertes, Jeremiah Crane, and Cage for the Gauntlet. So uh, maybe you get some more insight into what's going to go on with these guys there, but. Uh, I don't know if I would bet on it, uh, but it, it pretty likely to happen. It's just but with no season four yet confirmed, we don't know if we're ever going to get some resolution here. And this is what kind of stinks because uh, this is another thing I really want to see them follow up with. Yeah, I've, I bet they will. We might see mm-hmm. some in that that three way or something, maybe something leading up to it backstage, you know, that they don't have to comment on. So right. Uh, but then you have the main event of the show, uh, which is the Lucha de Apuestas, hair versus mask. Uh, Phoenix obviously putting up his mask, and Marty the Moth putting up his hair. Uh, Melissa gives uh, 
Phoenix a little kiss for good luck before the match. Uh, Mariposa's out there with Marty. And, yeah, these two just absolutely oh. go for it in these 12 or minutes or so. And you have Phoenix again, who is a uh, wonderful bleeder. He's done it plenty of times on this show. <laughs> and uh, also his mask is apparently like the thing that everybody loves to cut up on this show because it happens to him here again. Uh, doesn't even wait to, to try to just, you know, win and have it removed. He just tries to remove it during the match. Uh, and he almost succeeds just a, a lot of awesome uh, moves happening, by the way, in this too. And Marty is about to use the scissors to basically just, I guess, either stab Phoenix in the head or just cut up the rest of his mask. And Melissa gets on the apron and stops him, promising Marty that uh, you'll get to run off together and everything. And, of course, Marty gets distracted he puts down the scissors. Uh, Melissa gets involved and gives him one hell of a slap. I mean, you could hear that thing across the arena. And mm-hmm. then she kicks him in the balls because, hey, you got to defend yourself, right? And then Phoenix gets in, is able to go up top and hit the springboard 450. And Melissa even helps Phoenix get the pin so that they get the win and they get to celebrate beating the big evil creep and even then you get another thing layer added to the story because Marty tries to escape but Mariposa's waiting for him you think that oh he's going to leave and not you know pay it off cutting his hair Mariposa levels him in the head with a chair oh. still not the biggest fan of the head chair shots she but, throttled him with yeah, it too. I mean, like it she, is, oh. they get a close up. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> Ooh, you almost get the POV view from Marty yeah. <laughs> of what it's like getting hit in the head there, and just oh, it did not. It does not make you feel good after that, but uh, certainly shocks you into thinking that yep, sister just double crossed her brother. She handcuffs Marty to the railing, and then you get. The haircutting and shaving of Marty as well as they let you know what's happening in the next couple of weeks. So, pretty awesome match. Great match that you really need to go out of your way to see. Um, Even for me that hasn't followed a lot of Lucha Underground this year, I could get the story in the 12 minutes that they had. And it was uh, damn good, so... Uh, this is what makes uh, Lucha Underground great, is when they get to tell off their stories and uh, Ultima Lucha, as much as sometimes it's felt like Lucha Underground's kind of been under the radar and people aren't talking about it that much, when Ultima Lucha comes around between the match from last week and then this week, uh, people pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff in here, and, and Mari Posa turns on Marty after he sort of... Uh pulls her in the way of a dive and she has enough and storms off and then comes back later for the comeuppance. But this was all great. I think it worked in all the story elements very well. Uh, I, for some, but I, I was not very high on Marty coming in to Lucha when he first did. I have done like a complete 180 on this guy. He is wonderful. 
really like attaching himself to the gimmick. He's had some absolutely stellar matches here. Uh, I just I can't get enough of this guy. And, and Phoenix was the perfect foil in this. And throw in Melissa Santos, who the crowd is is in love with as much as Phoenix probably is in the in story. And it just all makes for a really wonderful atmosphere. And Melissa finally getting uh, she gets a, a little bit of. Uh, Sweet Taste of Revenge as well, right along with Phoenix, which really helps, I think, pull the story through and invest you even more, which is just great. Yeah, that's exactly what helps us is that everybody kind of gets their comeuppance by the end of this thing. You know, Mariposa, Melissa, Mm -hmm. Phoenix. uh, You finally get to see Marty go down for the creepiness and for all that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, the man has shown Bray Wyatt how to be a better Bray Wyatt, honestly, yeah. throughout this entire story. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, WWE, never you got the wrong guy. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to be that mean. Bray is, is is really good. Just It seems like for the longest time he's lost his way. But going back to Marty Oz, the same way. It's like, who's this guy? Oh, he was used to be on Tough Enough. Okay, mm-hmm. you know. And then he just gets enraptured in this character and you just feel it every time. Oh God, this guy's so freaking creepy. He's so awful. Like you can really feel like maybe he's really like this when he's not at, at the temple, you know? And mm-hmm. then he goes and wrestles and you're like, Oh wow. It's, it's not just the character. He's not just a gimmick. He's, he's really good at the, the in-ring stuff too. So definitely hit on uh, Marty. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, Ultima Lucha Trust continues next week, and uh, this will be absolutely fun to watch. Las Luchadoras standing, Taya, Sexy Star, of course, some real stuff involved in that one, too. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then you have the trios title match, uh, the Reptile Tribe versus the Matt Killshawn Dante Fox. Going to be interesting how Killshawn Dante Fox can get along. And you've got the Gift of the Gods title ladder match. Pentagon and Son of Havoc. So, damn. Three big matches happening. Super great lineup for next week. If that doesn't deliver, something happened. uh, Yeah. Wrong (laughs) in a big way there. But all right, we're going to transition out of here. And now we're going to go into New Japan land and talk about King of Pro Wrestling in just a second. King of Spot. New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right, so... King of Pro Wrestling happening on Monday morning for you folks in the States. Monday night, obviously, uh, for in Japan. And we're going to start off with, of course, what do you know? Tag matches, because it's a New Japan show. you got to have tag matches. Uh, Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro, and Leo Tonga. This is a sibling of Tama Tonga and Tonga Roa. And... Against Sonata, Hiromu, and Bushi of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Uh, I'd imagine that Leo Tonga is here to take the fall. And Bushi picks up the win. But should be an interesting match. This will be my first time getting to see 
Leo here, and uh, these these guys. I mean, it's not the greatest contingent of Bullet Club folks, but could still be interesting. I I like Leo. He he's still very green, obviously, but uh, he's he adds a nice dynamic, I think, and, and you know, the aura of legit Tonga toughness uh, will always surround these guys. So. Uh, that's there as well, but this is totally here for Elijah to win. Uh, I'm still looking forward. To it. I like I like watching Young Lions a lot, and Leo certainly does fit the bill there. Yeah, certainly. So we move on from that to Toriano and Hiroki Goto against Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. Uh, you could th- this could go. Either way, you could have Yano, like, pull a Yano on CSJ, or you could have Suzuki just pounding fools, whichever one. Uh, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. making Goto tap out, or whichever. Uh, I, I'm going to go with CSJ makes Yano feel the pain, and Suzuki Goon wins. I'm gonna go Suzuki Goon here too, just because this is the uh, the two main people you're supposed to care about here, and it kind of be a little bit of a backstep if they lost here, in my opinion. Also, I like the idea of watching them just torture these two mindlessly for about twelve minutes. <laughs> Please do so. It's always yes. great. Plus, Goto and Suzuki getting to have like some kind of chop fest or something would also uh, be fun. Uh, just I could see. Yano just frustrating the crap out of CSJ and Suzuki as well, so could be a fun. I really, I really want to see Suzuki and ZSJ sort of get in an argument about how to apply holds on Toru Yanu just to watch oh, yeah. the facial expressions. <laughs> like, oh, can I can I get a hold on Yanu? It might be too big. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure the referee will get involved and everything else. So. Mm-hmm. Good stuff to be had there. So the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships are on the line as uh, Taguchi Japan, Taguchi and Ricochet defending against Rapongi 3K3000. I feel like Taguchi and Ricochet have been a really good team. They still retain, I hope. They're really, really fun together. I. Who do you think Rocky's partner is? Ah, what are my choices here? Uh, has he hinted at anything? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, man, who's... Uh, who's... Uh, maybe maybe Jay makes a return or something. Maybe Jay. Maybe Jay. I, I don't know either. I, I'm more interested in, in uh, who his partner is, honestly, than I am the match, because I do think that uh, the they've dubbed themselves Funky Future... Uh, Ricochet and Taguchi have. I think they retain here as well, just because they're they're super fun to watch together. But I um I really want to see who Rocky's bringing in, so that has a lot of my interest. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he does uh, do some work in the dojo. Whenever he brings in a young lion, we haven't seen. Maybe so. But all right, you get uh, the IWGP tag team titles are on the line. Oh. Salivation should begin. Oh, I wish. Well, if Girls of Destiny would have just like moved to the side, uh, we could have had Killer Elite Scott and War Machine. But the three-way tag situation continues. Either way, should still be good one here. I think Killer Elite Squad retain. 
but I'm just interested in in how they're going to match this up. I misspoke too. Rocky is the manager for uh, Rapogny 3K, so it's brand new tag team all the way around. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, the three way here. I these the last one they had at Destruction was uh, in Kobe was really good. Killer Elite Squad's going to retain here, but Tornado Rules means they're going to get a bunch of chaos, and I can only hope that the swearing is up to Wrestle Kingdom levels. <laughs> that is what we look forward to with you. It's <laughs> can we get a bunch of swearing? We want to hear it. Uh, this, uh, this should be really good, though. Uh, these three teams have been working together. Well, Girls of Destiny has keeps coming along. Awesomely, mm-hmm. we know what War Machine can do. They have been hosses, and Killer Lee Squad have, you know, the just everlasting tag team for New Japan, and they they know what they be doing. Uh, so yep. this should be awesome sauce, I guess, as they say. Yoshihashi, Beretta, and Jado taking on Kenny Omega, Cody, and Marty Skrull. I'd imagine Jado is here to take pins. Uh, Cody to get the win, you know, because he can, and prop up some ROH a little bit since he's a champ. Yeah. I I wouldn't be shocked. I feel a little bad that Beretta and Yoshihashi are here just because, I, as much as I really want them to be focused on, uh, Beretta so far in the heavyweight run hasn't looked stellar because I haven't really given him the platform to do so on he gets dominated all the time just because they, they're just telling the story of maybe he moved up uh, at the wrong time or he's just not ready or, or all this other stuff and i definitely think bullet club's gonna win here especially with as you said cody being the champ in roh and kenny omega also being over here as well uh i i would assume giotto is gonna eat the fall here but i wouldn't be shocked if it's beretta either yeah, I mean, you got to take your lumps, too, when you uh, first come up to the division. You don't mm-hmm. normally get to just come up here and just show up everybody else. So, uh, And we've seen a lot of these guys have to it, – it takes time before you get a push, right? So mm-hmm. how long did Yoshiazi have to wait around to finally start getting something? So Beretta's just starting. If he's willing to play the long game, I'm sure he will have his time. I I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I I really hope he does. It's just like he hasn't he's winning matches, right? But he's getting his ass handed to him about 90 percent of them. And it's it's kind of (laughs) depressing. It is. It's sad, sir. But hey, at least he's winning. Right. Yeah. At least he's losing constantly. So you get Hiroshi Tanahashi and Togi Makabe against Kota Ibushi and Juice Robinson. This could be a sneaky Pretty good match here with these four involved. Uh, I'm going to be excited to see Juice uh, going at it with Makabe. You know know he's going to try to, all right, you're bigger than me, but I got the bigger heart. Let's let's go at it. And uh, Juice and Tanahashi normally on the same side. Mm -hmm. So that should be uh, interesting as well. And, of course, anytime Tanahashi and Ibushi can get in the ring, just sign me up, please. That's gonna yeah, they're going to – yeah, they're main eventing the Power Struggle show with the Intercontinental title on the line down the road here, uh, which a lot of the people thought were going to be here. Uh, I, I like Juice and Coda to win here, and I like Juice and Togemakabe to punch each other into oblivion because that's what they do. Please do. Yeah. 
just uh, make sure nobody gets hurt and we'll be good. We'll be good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd imagine that Coda gets the pin just to make him look strong here. and. Mm-hmm. Then we get into the f- the final three matches, all singles matches here, all for some kind of championship or shot or what have you. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship is on the line. Kushida defending against Will Ospreay. Could this be Will Ospreay's moment finally against Kushida? You'd think the story would tell, would say that it is. And heck, they could have him have the title for like a month or or whatever, or just go in into Wrestle Kingdom and he loses it. I don't know. I feel like Kushida's just going to beat him again. feel like Kushida's going to beat him again, too. These two guys can put on four-star matches without breaking a sweat together, uh, which is just always so much fun. I really would like to see Osprey win here just because it's another fresh face with the championship. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to try to do Kushida and Hiromu again at Wrestle Kingdom or what, even though I, I would be okay with Osprey and Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom, honestly, just because the cat thing has been super hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like Kushida to win here as well. Although, if we uh, if we get surprised and Osprey wins, uh, I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, I would not because he's definitely bided his time. He's, he's putting on great matches, uh, but you know it's sometimes it does feel like that wasted opportunity for the for New Japan. Mm-hmm. And if you if he wins and he gets to have the title for excuse me a little bit, at least it's something. You know, you gave him a title run to make him feel like he matters some and might make him think twice before you know if he resigns or. Or not. Mm-hmm. Very true. If if you never show him anything, then he might feel like, all right, well, I have my time here and I'm gonna go on and do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he does have that uh, gig in Australia where he's trying to make them into a bigger part of the scene as well. So yeah, that's true. He, he all of a sudden wants to become Australian. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> they were a British colony, I guess, at one point. So. Silly cats. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just wants to fill his time with kangaroos. So uh, Tetsuya There's... Naito. <laughs> what? Guys, koala bears. I'm trying to yeah, think of koala, more yeah, koala animals. bears, dingoes, dingoes. You know, <laughs> it's all all there for him if he wants it. You know, just. Go watch some Australian rules. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Tetsuya Naito defends his Wrestle Kingdom 12 briefcase uh, against uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Oh my god. Just get ready for some just amazing wrestling happening in front of your face. And you need to sit there and watch it all. Because every time these guys have a match, it's awesome. And you're going to remember it. And how great would it be if Ishii were to, like, steal that title shot from Naito? We can all dream, right? But it's not going to happen. Naito's going to win. I really, really want this match to make me think that Ishii is going to walk out with that briefcase. 
I really do. Because going into this, I, I don't believe he has a shot in hell. But I want Ishii to win everything so badly every time I watch him. And this is certainly no different. Just because I think him and Okada at the Dome would be wonderful. Uh, it's just, it's that's not the story here, I know. But let Ishii and everybody else make me think that he's going to walk out of that briefcase and I'll call this a win. But Naito's keeping it. If there's a guy that will make you think that he's going to win something, mm-hmm. it's Ishii. He always yeah. does. We always say this. We say, oh, okay, he has no shot. By the end of that match, you're sitting there jumping out of your seat like, oh, my God, he might win. Holy mm-hmm. crap. And then you're like, oh, I have been let down again. Oh, but that match was so great. That's so, <laughs> like, that's that's how you feel. I mean, like that coronation moment is there for Naito. I, I think it's just that's the story. Mm-hmm. But man, would it be so great if Ishii could win? I, I would love it. Just him and Okada, I think, could sell out the dome. Or, well, not sell out, but I think they could carry the dome attendance that they want. I think Ishii is uh, basically God walking amongst us in Japan. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we are I, blessed just to be able to watch him. I, I completely agree with you. I just. I don't think an IWGP heavyweight title run is in line for him at his age, unfortunately. But I I really want this to, to at least maybe possibly lead to an Intercontinental title challenge. I think that would be wonderful. That would be. It would be awesome for him. And, you know, if for some reason Ishii did win, Gary, you're going to have to give us like an extra hour on the, on the <laughs> show just so that Paul and I can gush about Ishii winning for about 30 minutes of it. So, because <laughs> yeah, there will be. It's going to be Gary crying that his boy yeah. lost. <laughs> wait, wait, just. Exactly. <laughs> Gary will just be emotionless at the thought of. Uh, he'll just be in disgust the whole time. Yeah. Nights <laughs> are losing, and we will just run through all the adjectives in the, in the, the source for Ishii winning. That's, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so you have heard it here first. If Ishii wins, we're going to go nuts. Uh, so the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, another match where it's like, you know Okada's winning. <laughs> but hey, Evil is a really damn good wrestler. And Okada has awesome closing stretches with everybody, so I'm going to hope that there is a moment in this match where you go, holy crap, Evil might win. And then, nope, no he's not. But, uh, you know, as long as we get the, the great match that Okada's been delivering all year, and Evil's been doing some good stuff too, I'm fine with that. This is uh, a match that I think they they booked going forward to have another moment where you can be like, man, that evil, he's going to be a thing. He's going to be a big deal for him. And uh, wrestling Okada obviously is a terrific way to go out there and have just wonderful matches. But uh, I I don't know if I necessarily need so much as evil to convince me that he's going to win. But if he can show that he can compete... um, which of course he he obviously beat Okada during the G one, but another another outing like that, I'll I I mean I I like Evil a lot already. I, I I'd be willing to to buy for sure Evil as future IWGP Heavyweight Championship in two or three years. 
Yeah, I certainly could see that. And I think, you know, the first one is that evil kind of surprise Okada, right? Mm-hmm. So this one, you'd think that uh, you'd see Okada having learned from that and evil really having to pull something out to get that near fall, I think, to make people think that Okada might win. And it, it may not happen for him, but like you said, as long as he's there at the end and there was really a back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, everything, then we're good. And, and the way that they have evil position there, it's going to be that way because it would kind of be bad if he just gets dominated by Okada like that. But yeah, but we'll see. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's ways they can go about this. You think that the the top two are pretty much done deals. You know what's going to happen. Uh, but it's always fun to see how they get there. Is this also supposed to be the show where the stabby guy is supposed to debut? I think so. Can't remember. I think so. Yeah. Think are so we too. still on the thought of it being Sammy Callahan? Or? I, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of convincing for me to make me feel like you are a New Japan guy, but all right, I'm down with it. Yeah, I I mean, I would think it's another LIJ guy because, I mean, Evil's great as the resident tough dude, but I think that's what Sammy's going to be here for is the the raging psychopath. (laughs) Uh, Carries around a knife to stab, 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 stab everyone. That Switchblade Conspiracy back in CZW worked out pretty well. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Well, I just... You already have Evil doing weird gimmick entrance. Are they going to have him do it too? I'm down. More laser lights. That's what I want. Let's do it. Laser lights <laughs> everywhere. That's what needs to happen. Uh, so, alright. We're going to move from tremendous things to maybe not so much with uh, your impact wrestling right now. TNA Impact Wrestling. Or whatever they're calling themselves this week. (laughs) Impact Wrestling. uh, As my doc is deciding it wants to just slow down to a crawl here but all right so they started off with i i sort of i was watching this during the thursday night football game so some of my uh recansing of this show is not going to be uh the greatest Uh, i guess props to them for giving a memoriam to lance russell and doing something for vegas as well uh, you get Eli Drake and Chris Adonis to start off the show. Um, basically, they're talking about how the, even with Jim Cornette getting in the way, uh, Eli Drake is still going to be champion. And, you know, uh, he uh, beat Cornette's golden boy. And he's uh, going to even be going to Japan and he's... He uh, he even calls out ladies from 18 to 36 with, uh, you know, double Ds and everything. Eli Drake, th- you know, I guess thank you for taking us back to that past time. 
trying to be a little Rick Rude there. I don't know that it works so well for you, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Adonis does have a match with Garza Jr. Uh, right after this. Uh, Eli Drake's always fun on the microphone. I don't have a problem with that at all. He's That's what he does best. So um, Then you have this uh, match that uh, Adonis wins by DQ uh, because uh, Johnny Impact gets involved and then they brawl. And of course, there's a number one contenders match happening on Impact next week. Because the title match is happening at Bound for Glory that's a month from uh, when this show happened. Uh, you know, uh, Garza Jr. and Adonis was fine. There was mm-hmm. nothing spectacular about it. It about sums up Chris Adonis, really. Uh, <laughs> you know, what can you say? <laughs> yeah. I, I like Garza Jr. personally. I'm really kind of excited to see what him and Impact can do together next week. I didn't mind the promo, honestly. Uh, Eli is usually a better hit or miss for me. I, I kind of dig delusional heels, and this is, uh, I think, a pretty darn good example of somebody who just got the the cheap win and is selling it for all it's worth. And I, it, while it doesn't really make you feel confident he might walk away from Bound for Glory as the champion, uh, it, it does certainly at least make the ride fun. Yeah, certainly. Uh... I like I said I really like Eli Drake talking. Mm-hmm. He does uh, wonderful stuff on the microphone. Uh, yeah, he he doesn't always hit it, but when he does, he does well. And you know, I, I'm also a big fan of Garza Jr. I like the tag team he was in, and now he's getting into single stuff. I'm sure him and uh, Mr. Impact will do some wonderful stuff. He, you know, Impact always delivers. Mm-hmm. Not the show, uh, Johnny. And you know Garza's, they they get the uh, the 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 contingent of uh, you know getting they work on some of that lucha underground style in there so mm-hmm. that should should be fun. Uh, we get more stuff with uh, Moose and Lashley and his group there. Uh, Conan's <laughs> pissed because uh, they're losing money and they lost the titles and. Uh, they pretty much agree that Santana and Ortiz got to stick together here, and we'll f- find out more about what they're going to do uh, with them later on in the show. Uh, OVE uh, takes on John Bolin and Trey Miguel. Uh, this was pretty much here so that they could uh, squash them, and I don't know, OVE are just kind of there for me, and that- didn't really see anything great. I, I think Dave and Jake Christ are phenomenally talented, but TNA has, or Impact or GFW, whatever, they very, very quickly rushed them into winning the championships and sort of skipped over all the build to make you care about them. So now they're just kind of flat, right? Uh, and that kind of sucks because they're very exciting, and when they get the chance to really cut loose, they're they're awesome. Um Hopefully this thing with LAX builds up into more. I am so over Lashley, though. Like, this whole thing with American Top Team has just killed my interest in him. And hopefully him and Moose can put on something worthwhile whenever the time comes. But I, 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 I'm not interested at all in any of that. Yeah, this doesn't look uh, that interesting. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, him 
beat up Moose with his buddies. Oh, here's the big bully, I guess. And it's like, Moose is a pretty big guy. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm i sure that it wouldn't be just a walk in the park for Lashley to to be having a fight with, with Moose, you know? Right, right. So, I don't know. It seems like a stretch for me at at points. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of stretching, they certainly are stretching out this knockouts uh, feud thing here with Sienna coming out uh, to talk about how at Bound for Glory, since she's beaten up everybody, she might even fight men. Well, you're in the wrong company to beat even that. And... <laughs> Well, guess what? Now I'm going to go into the Hall of Fame and retire as champion. Yeah, right. And so then, of course, you get Gail Kim, who is a Hall of Famer. This leads into, uh, of course, the whole Gail Kim wants to retire as champion. Then Taryn Terrell comes out to tell you about her whole deal with being the longest reigning champion in knockouts history before Sienna. And then, of course, Allie comes out because she's Allie. And then Karen Jarrett, because I guess, you know, she has to make an appearance. Uh, she tells you that everybody's going to be in the match. What do you know? I could have seen that one coming a mile away, folks. Meh. Yes. <laughs> That's it. The, yeah. There's not really a whole lot going on with the knockouts other than just what they told you. It's a revolving door. Girls have problems that are old and not necessarily anything new is happening. They're just kind of fighting, basically, and it's kind of boring. Oh, women be catty, Paul. Women be catty. That's a new hat right there, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Yep, that's that's not been in wrestling for a long time at all. (laughs) Untouched Uh, ground. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grado gets to do autograph signings, and Joseph Park tells him, hey, this is just a start, while he's secretly taking a bunch of the money what a dastardly dude that joseph park just like any attorney taking yeah. the money and you know not giving you a whole lot yeah not telling you about it either what a jerk <sighs> what an ass that joseph park and to think he made us care about him <laughs> i know right jeez you suck joseph park anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> and Drew, uh, th- I thought this was actually, um, you know, this was good. Uh, the X Division stuff is uh, sometimes it's hit or miss, but they are they delivered here. Andrew Everett, Caleb Conley, Trevor Lee against Sanjay Dutt, Petey Williams, and Matt Seidel. Um, you have uh, the Sanjay Sanjay Dutt, Petey Williams, and Matt Seidel team win, just so that we can. Have everybody claim that they won an exhibition title shot, so what's probably going to wind up happening is that we'll wind up having, what do you know, a fatal full way or something. I smell Ultimate X personally. Uh, yeah, but... that too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of whatever, right? The X division is basically in the same shape that the knockouts division is. There's, there's been some battle line drawing. I really didn't like Andrew Everett being on the same team as Trevor Lee after you had the big blow up between those guys. And even though it didn't really amount into nothing, it's still part of your story here that I was hoping they would keep cohesive, but 
everything else here, like I mean, the action's fine, right? And I assume we're we're gonna get to Matt Seidel winning the championship sooner rather than later now, but I don't know. Like the the action's good. I just I'm not really invested in anybody, and that that kind of sucks. Yeah, it just kind of seems like they're just all there, and mm-hmm. they're you know just part of the revolver of X Division, and. Yeah, I mean, I don't have problem. Like, I think they've done a good job of using Sunday Dutt and Petey Williams and Matt Seidel is, I think, working well there. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, just okay. More yeah. multi-person stuff, not really getting behind a person. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they fix this whenever they, I don't know what they're going to have to do with the stories if Jarrett's not going to be involved, but. I guess that will be after Brown for Glory. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Laurel Van Ness shows up on a scooter to make out with a, you know, just a fan sitting in the building because she's crazy, dude. And uh, I, I like her character. I just feel like it's kind of just totally just wearing itself out. And, I, I mean, is Grado really worth going this freaked out over? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Looking at him would scare me, but uh, you know, maybe he should go be in the next it movie instead. We all float down here, Sean. <sighs> yep, that's, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, thankfully that hurricane that's coming is missing Texas because there could be more people floating. So. Yeah. Uh, Moose, because you know he's. I don't I don't know that he, this man thinks too much about what's going on. It's one man against the whole Tiop team, dude. It's, uh, it's, you're shoving Dan Lambert around. You're stepping into a cage. What do you think is going to happen? And yeah. then you're just going <laughs> to throw him out. So, oh, whoop-de-doo. Certainly uh, playing into the not-smart-jock stereotype. Is he going to learn from this, I hope? <laughs> Don't wander into a gym full of MMA fighters, I hope so. <laughs> it's like, is he going to get himself uh, some people to help him, or is he just going to keep doing this lone wolf thing? I don't... Please... I don't know. Do something, Moose. Please. All I, I, I just... I miss old Lashley. Lashley doesn't need any of these trappings they have on the whole MMA or wrestling thing is is sort of something that should have just been in the background. Like, yeah, the MMA thing gave him legitimacy in, in a way, but it doesn't need to be what he's entirely about. And I don't know. It just it really has made a great character seem very, very lame now that he's got cronies and all this. He doesn't yeah, need he that. He doesn't need that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The dude just he can whoop anybody. I mean, right. He just murders people. That's what yeah. Lashley do. Gosh, that's just lame. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you have to go mess that up, GFW? I don't understand. Uh, so EC3 and James Storm, you have Paul's close personal friend with the guy that he can't stand. And then how did that work out for you? In the Limo in rides limo? have been very uncomfortable, Sean. <laughs> Uh, I can imagine. So you just not you just ignore James Storm the whole time. Is that I uh, I put a blue dot over him so that way I don't have to talk <laughs> to him. 
Ooh, I wonder if, uh, you know, Christian Cage ever appears, you know, to tell him, hey, you stole my gimmick, James Storm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, EC3, uh, somehow we are keeping it light at 4.52 Eastern time over here. <laughs> so, uh, EC3 and James Storm taking on Tejano Jr. and El Hijo de Fantasma. Uh, of course, this is King Cordino and Lucha Underground fame. This felt like a match that took a long time to kind of just be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like a, not a whole lot happened. And then Triple A team wins. Yeah, you get some uh, Pagano interference, which I'm I'm fine with. Um, the idea here is that you know triple the team from AAA here is is much more of a solid unit, uh, and EC3 and James Storm are still sort of haphazardly working together after their whole beef together. So, I this made sense. I don't know if it needed to be 20 minutes, but you know you get some decent work. I think the story is working towards. Some kind of payoff. I, I assume a big multi-man down the stretch, but I don't know. The, the feud doesn't really interest me all that much because I can't really stand James Storm all that much. But if this is how this is going to go, this made sense. And if it's going to build up to the big victory down the stretch, then then that's fine too. Yeah, you needed the Impact team to lose. Mm-hmm. And this works because they had the interference. It wasn't just a straight-up loss. And yeah, like you said, it's telling that story of you know, the EC3 and Storm are going to have to get it together or Impact Team could lose. Right, more. right. Uh, so we find out what's going to happen with the tag titles. Uh, Conan, you know, tells Key, what are we doing? It's a 51-50 street fight at BFG Loki. Not too happy about it, though. Yeah, um, I... This is an element that I think will showcase both OVE and LAX very well if they get a lot of time to really show off what they can do. Um, the LAX guys, I think, are, are wonderful and maybe already sowing some distent with Loki and the clubhouse and all that. But I, I'm kind of looking forward to the match, even though they haven't done a great job of handling OVE, just because I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, Street Fight with LAX, OVE, going to be good. Hopefully it's one of the more standout uh, things from that show, but mm-hmm. we'll have to see in a month from now when we get there. But uh, that is going to do it for our Impact Wrestling for this week. Yeah, very meh, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't help that the uh, football game also got interesting, but yeah, I, th- that yeah. game was much more <laughs> interesting yeah, than, than that sure. show. Uh, but yes, so we got one thing left to do, and that is do some superstar of the week. Superstar of the week. Alright, so as our ending segment, and of course this being the first 
week of October. Can't believe it's October already. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. We've got to do a wrestler of the month and match of the month, which we'll do in just a little bit. We got to do our last of this week here. And so to start off, we have Braun Strowman because he had a really good match with Seth Rollins getting one point. Yeah, uh, really, really fun match. They played out the big man, little man theme very well. Braun keeps on crushing fools, which is great because I was kind of I was a little bit worried about him after uh, the faux pas with not winning the title after uh, against Brock Lesnar. So it was kind of good to. It's been good to see him get back on track to his uh, usual murderous ways. Braun murdering people is always the best. Mm-hmm. Even better when he can scream things in monster <laughs> yes. mode. Uh, Ivelisse gets two points because of her. You know, the match wasn't very long, but it was still a good match. Uh, there was also not a lot to pick from this week. Let's be honest. Uh, Ivelisse mm-hmm. gets two points for defeating Katrina. And finally getting revenge for this three-year-long feud. Yeah, really, really fun match, too. Lots of blood. It, unexpectedly large amounts of blood, too. Uh, and and they, I, like Sean said, they, they didn't overstay their welcome. They told their story very well, I think, within the time they were given. No complaints. The Miz gets three points because he retained his championship. Yeah, against uh, Roman Reigns this week over on Raw. The match was actually pretty good uh, as well. I think that there's maybe some chemistry there to be had between Mr. Roman and uh, The Miz there going forward. But lots of good stuff happening over there on Raw with those uh, with those guys happening in uh, the Shield reunion and possibly Miz teaming up with The Bar, which I'm all for. Oh, the cocktease of all cockteases with the, yes. uh, <laughs> the Shield reunion here. And... Of course, hey, what do you know? Roman being good in the ring, that was that's not his problem. Glad mm-hmm. to see that uh, him and the Miz getting things going over there. And Drew McIntyre retaining his championship against Roderick Strong on NXT. Such a, a really, really good match. Over 15 minutes, uh, great back and forth. I don't know if I ever believed Roddy was going to win, but the action was wonderful, even if the crowd wasn't as involved as I was kind of hoping they would be. Sad. Yeah. It seems like the crowd at Full Sail has just been going down, down, and more down uh, for a while now. They've been pretty wishy-washy with, uh, with Roddy, too, which is kind of unfortunate. <sighs> That's sad. Yeah. Roddy's a guy you can get behind if you you do it right. You just mm-hmm. It might take a little bit though. You know, he's not yeah. just a personality either. That's true. Uh, it's true. So and then of course the big triumphant win for Phoenix, Melissa Santos and everyone else. So Phoenix gets 5 points for getting to keep his mask, winning the Lucha de Apuestas in a great match and also getting to cut Marty the Moss hair. I mean, pretty outstanding night for him. Yeah, I mean, Lucha de Apuestas are a big deal in Lucha Libre. Uh, very, very, usually very pivotal moments for characters uh, down there. Hopefully that proves the same here for, for Lucha and Marty and all that. Uh, but the match itself is just absolutely wonderful. Lots of action, lots of great brawling, lots of great spots, lots of blood if you're into that. like It was a horror show over on Lucha Underground this week, and that really helped make all this stand out that much more. 
Yeah, they they knew what month they were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were get, they were getting us ready for <laughs> for that Halloween. I mean, you know, uh, the twenty five nights of horror came early. It sure did. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for our show here uh, this evening, this this morning. Whenever you're listening to us, we want to thank you for listening to us. And if you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Uh, whether you do it on Wrestling to the Max, which that gets you everything that we do, uh, all the review shows, which again, I want to thank Harry and Liz Puglisi for doing SmackDown 205 now. Really cool that uh, that show goes how it was intended, that Harry was supposed to be the host. And so, you know, we, we got a, a good line of going. He has filled in the whole week for Gary, helping out Paul as well on the Raw and NXT. So I want to thank him for being an awesome, uh, awesome person and awesome part of the team. And uh, like I mentioned, him and uh, Patrick Ketzel will be doing Wrestling Unwrapped Reacts, the Hell in a Cell 2017 uh, on Sunday, as we will. Listen, we'll be back. Gary will be back, thankfully, because he does this way better than I do. And I can go <laughs> back to just analyzing stuff. So, uh, yeah, for for Paul, for myself, subscribe to W2 Network. Go visit W2Net.com. Thank you for 4-1 Mania for uh, also allowing us to have their podca- our podcast on their site. And everything else, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back for Hell in a Cell. Hopefully that pay-per-view is good. Hopefully. Later. <laughs> Later, everyone. Have a good night, guys. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.